Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 970. I was wondering if you would move over a little, I said gently. Yes, she shifted again, making more space beside her. Then she opened her eyes and they went wide at the sight of me, standing shirtless above her. She glanced down and relaxed when she saw my pants. I laughed, but her wide-eyed look of shock pushed me back into caution. I set the basket in the place I thought to take myself. What thought was that, my lady? She colored a bit, embarrassed. I didn't think you were the sort to bring a girl her lunch while you were running Stark. She gave a little shrug, looked at the basket, at me. But I like you this way, my own bare-chested slave. She closed her eyes again. Feed me strawberries. I was happy to oblige, and so we passed the afternoon. Lunch was long gone, and the sun had dried us. For the first time since our fight in Severin, I felt things were right between us. The silences no longer lay around us like holes in the road. I knew it had just been a matter of waiting patiently until the tension passed. As the afternoon slowly slid by, I knew this was the right time to bring up the subject I had been biting my tongue over for so long. I could see the dull green of old bruises on her upper arms, the remnant of a raised welt on her back. There was a scar on her leg above her knee, new enough that the red of it showed through the white of her shift. All I needed to do was ask about them. If I phrased things carefully, she'd admit they were from her patron. From there, it would be a simple thing to draw her out, to convince her she deserved better, that whatever he was offering her was not worth this abuse. And for the first time in my life, I was in a position to offer her a way out. With Alvaron's line of credit and my work in the fishery, money would never be a problem for me. For the first time in my life, I was wealthy. I could give her a way to escape. What happened to your back? Denna asked softly, interrupting my train of thought. She was reclining on her stone. I was leaning against it, my feet in the water. What? I asked, unconsciously turning a foolish half-circle. You're scarred all along your back, she said gently. I felt one of her cool hands touch my sun-warm skin, tracing a line. I could hardly tell they were scars at first. They're pretty. She traced another line down my back. It looks like some giant child mistook you for a piece of paper and practiced his letters on you with a silver pen. That's the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. And this makes me move over into Jeremy's camp because they are thinking the same thing and they have been since the beginning of this chapter. He's just about to launch into a, <laughs> I am wealthy, I can save you, which would have been the biggest mistake. Absolute disaster. Is. Yeah. Huge blunder. <laughs> that actually is the one thing that everyone else does. Uh, and that would have been the biggest mistake. Uh, but she was also thinking it. And she was also working up the courage to ask him, hey, what's the deal with your scars? Uh, very interesting. And also an evidence, I think, that what you were saying, Jeremy, is correct, is that they are both thinking at the same time, I am attracted to this person. I want to do makey-makeys, makey-outies, makey-outies in the water. Uh, but they are both too shy because they are children. So, wait, wait, wait. Then does does Denna think... Okay, wait. So, we assume that Denna's patron is treating her poorly because of stuff that Cathay said and also because of Quoth's, uh, like, kind of guessing, right? And she, no, she told him when she was uh, high on, on dinner resin that he, he Beat beats her. her up and then kind of, at the time, he, he, like, made an excuse to beat her up. He said that they would have to, like, she couldn't escape unharmed or something, but he, right, right. She's, she's told him as much. 
I wonder if if it is like what if it's still a big deal but not as big a deal as Quoth thinks it is? The same way that Denna might be thinking that Quoth's scars are a deal when in fact they are not a deal. Well, we're about to get to it on the next page and she's like taken aback. She's like, she reacts in much the same way that he has reacted to her bruises by thinking like, why would you let anyone do that to you? Oh, okay. All right. Uh, well, I will, I will, I will hold my tongue then until, until further notice. But really it's, it's only Denna's blunder here. Sorry. It's only Denna asking about his scars that, that saves, saves him. <laughs> that saves him from making the worst mistake he could make. It's and like that I think is consistent to me with like his characterization in this scene as like when it comes to Denna, still kind of oblivious. I think with any person who's being abused, like this is the approach he's thinking of taking is not the right approach. Well, but- I mean, who's to say in real life abuse for for Denna, as we'll learn tomorrow she wants something that makes it worthwhile. Like, so she'll put up for it. And that's what the people who offer her an escape never understand. And when Quoth figures that out on tomorrow's page, that is probably like the biggest prize, I guess, that he walks away with. He has a better understanding of Denna. Um, and perhaps he hasn't figured this out yet, but uh, they are more alike than he thought. I feel like I could have put this together if I was Quoth that like, oh, I shouldn't offer to buy her off. I shouldn't offer her to I like come let me let me take you away from all this is like not what she wants. Well she's all to be fair to Quoth, and this is an unusual attack for me to be taking, but she has not ever been clear about what she wants. As far as he knows, she's just trying to get by. Uh and it's only perhaps here that he finally realizes that there's something she wants that only this can can get her. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, I also feel like the my argument on the previous page is strengthened because because the immediate next line like quoth like is a real like pathetic wah wah moment when quoth is like i was wondering if you'd move over a little i don't know why what exactly it is in the prose of this passage that makes it read so clearly as like quoth like roll the fumble but it really does feel that way i did not fumble the bag he, he, he fumbled the bag. The other piece is that the sight of him shirtless might be her noticing his scars. It might not be that her going, oh, he's become nude. It might be like, whoa, he's got hecka scars. Well, up he doesn't have hecka scars on the front of him, though. He's got to have yeah. some. He has, like, cuts from the sword tree. He has cuts I on think his he has some stuff. scars on the front, but I don't think he has hecka scars. He's also probably got an awesome bod. Yeah, I was. Gonna, I, I think she's going, oh, my. Because <laughs> <laughs> he looks hot as shit. She glanced down and relaxed. She saw my pants. She was like, <laughs> she's maybe just maybe hoping against hope that he will show hog. Here's the thing. I'm, I don't think she'd be entirely displeased if he was Starkers, but then I think she's embarrassed for thinking it right. When he's like, so what were you expecting to find? We'll learn tomorrow that his reputation vis-a-vis women has preceded him. And so maybe she is sort of half expecting it. Mm hmm. Perhaps. But let's reserve it for then. Mm-hmm. I think the other instance of Quoth's obliviousness here is where he says, the silences no longer lay around us like holes in the road. I knew it had just been a matter of waiting patiently until the tension passed. I'm not convinced that's true. Yeah, no, 100% not true. That's the sort of thing that a child, that a teenager believes. Like, I oh, guess I'll just say nothing and then the tension will pass and everything will yeah. be fine again. Yeah. 
hundred percent. All right, Jordana. Uh, what? What? You usually have a nice chime when it's time for open the mailbag. Oh, mailbag! Thank you. This is from Ben. Last initial S. Hello. My wife and I are big fans of the King Killer Chronicle, and it's one of the reasons we first met. It was on both of our online dating profiles, and it's what got us chatting. She's a regular listener and sometimes contributor to your podcast. I know she's just emailed in about Yellish Knots and how they might be based on a similar system used by the Incas. I'm aware that you sometimes read out these messages and wanted to take the opportunity to send her a message if you're willing to pass it on. I know <gasps> she's listening. Oh my god. <laughs> this is so exciting. <laughs> Rachel... <laughs> You're the best, most lovely person in my world. I can't imagine living a better life than the one I have with you. I'm telling you three times, I love you, now and always. Signed, Ben. Oh, that wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but it was still Jordana, really, really... They're already married. <laughs> I know! They can't get double married. <laughs> Shush! Whatever! <laughs> Maybe they could get a vow renewal? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's well, ben, really thank lovely. thank you for that wonderful, beautiful message for your uh, to, to Rachel. I hope you're very happy, and thank you also for disappointing Jordana. <laughs> I'm sorry I ruined it. <laughs> also, uh, solidarity in the club of people who met their long-term partners by talking about a fantasy book on a dating website because that's how Alice and I met. Also, solidarity with wife guys. Uh, mm. Love love loving my wife. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, we love to love our, our wives slash partners. Uh, I was going to say, I was like, sol- solidarity with married, mar- like people, not necessarily married people, people in love because like, I want to be included. And I'm okay, not well, you know, there's, 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 <laughs> there, there's well, separate buckets. So like, obviously we're all very much in love with our significant others, but being a wife guy is a very specific energy. No way. We, you guys yeah. are not wife guys. What is a wife guy? I think Jeff might be a wife guy. It's a, it's a guy who simps for his wife. Yeah. Who's like, like more than just simple love, which is like no mean feat, no, no knock on love. But if you are the kind of guy who's constantly gassing up your wife to like people who don't know her or people who do know her when she's like not in the room. If you are like, you know, constantly showing people like, Oh, look, my wife did this cool thing. Or like, here's this, you know, like that's a wife guy. Okay. I'm only sometimes a wife guy then. I'm a, can I be a part-time wife guy? Yeah, totally. There's no wrong way to be a wife guy. All right. But you're right. I think Jeff might be more of a wife guy than I am a wife guy in the best way possible. (laughs) The point is that marriage is what brings us together today to love and to love will bring us together tomorrow on another page of the holy